You're listening to the PDX Executive Podcast, a series of interviews with inspiring leaders from Portland and beyond. Hi, everyone. You're listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bruton, and this is episode 35 of the podcast. On today's episode, I interview Nick Hill, Vice President of Product for Lithium Technologies. Love my conversation with Nick, talking everything, uh, the history of Portland's tech scene, his background working for Jive Software, now Lithium. Quick note, at the end of the episode, I, I, you know, I told Nick, thanks for coming and wrapped up the episode, but actually kept it rolling, so I included some of the audio at the end. All right, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. So, Nick, thanks for being on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. So, Nick Hill, you're the vice president of product here at Lithium Technologies. So, I want to get into this whole, you know, uh, the, the Jive transition. And we were talking before we started recording. Uh, you were the eighth employee uh, for Jive Software. So, you've seen a lot of change in the Portland tech community and scene. So, love to, I guess, let's start. Let's, uh, for the people who don't know what Lithium is, it's, you know, fairly new with the transition. What is Lithium? do and you know kind of some of the companies you work with sure yeah so lithium's really focused on digital customer care so we help our customers uh serve their customers and when we say serve it's really a a combination across marketing and support Mm -hmm. and that's kind of been the interesting trend we've been watching with community over the last 10 years is that marketing and support are really coming together being more for organizations that are more customer centric, ones that really care about driving customer success and loyalty. Um, There's a lot of focusing on the needs of the customer that need to kind of break down the silos across the traditional support metrics and marketing metrics. And so our solutions really geared on helping um, not only support your customers, but engage them, make sure that, um, you know, they're getting answers to questions they have, make sure you're getting their ideas Mm -hmm. and feedback and really creating a stronger relationship between the brand and the customers and the community of customers. Right. And you say like, this is new. I mean, Lithium has been around 10 years. Yeah. Uh, I worked with them uh, when they were very early days of a startup for uh, some other things, but so how, I mean, it's becoming more important. You're seeing a lot of more new companies popping up in this space. So uh, you're not a public company, right? Uh, can you mention some of the, you work with enterprise companies, right? So can you mention some of the companies? Sure. Yeah. We're really focused on the global 5,000. So brands that care a lot about brands that have very large customer bases, um, community, you kind of need that active community that really cares about your products, your services that is passionate about what you do. Um, so we have brands, we have Microsoft, Google, we have Mm -hmm. Spotify, we have Intuit, um, um, Uh, We have uh, airlines, and so most of our industries are uh, B2B, high-tech, travel and hospitality. We have Airbnb. And so these are brand companies that are pretty well-known that have a passionate customer base. Mm -hmm. And kind of the the main use case at first is using that peer-to-peer network to increase engagement and deflect the incoming support costs that you have. And then most brands, once that's achieved, they want to transition from that uh, call deflection and support model into more of a proactive engagement and driving loyalty and, and advocates Great. with the community. Yeah. And it's one of those things like if you're on, I'm on a customer on my site, you, you, you guys do brand it. It'll say kind of small, right? Yeah. right? <laughs> lithium powered yep. by lithium. So, well, cool. Let's kind of walk through the story of, you know, you were the eighth employee at Jive. Sure. Very early days of helping power this kind of, you know, um, 
I don't say revolution, but you know, one of the early companies helped create a lot of these other tech companies, sure. what we come prominent here in Portland. So uh, walk me through your journey of Jive being a super early employee of the startup here and then how that's transitioned with Jive, obviously to lithium. Um, and if you don't mind, just walk. Sure. Yeah. So when I joined Jive, we had two products. We had a forums product. So it was your more traditional discussion forums and a knowledge base product. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time in 2005, 2006, wikis were the new rage, which, you know, sounds crazy to say now, but you know, they were out there touting (laughs) that the encyclopedia Britannica was less accurate than Wikipedia (laughs) and blogging was the new rage. And so blogging gave regular users a voice. You got to be an expert, you know, cooking if you had your blog. And so these things were starting to catch the interest of the enterprise and they were really trying to piece these tools together. How do we do discussions and knowledge documents and blogging? And so what we did really um, right, I think, in, in early 2007 was we decided that the center of all of that was people and the network of people. And it didn't matter so much the technology, the difference between blog and knowledge base. And so we built the solution around a network of people, which ended up being kind of the foundation of a community. And then we found different expansion paths. So if you wanted to crowdsource ideas, we added a content type for ideas. But the real kind of uh, crux of the solution was information flow between people and content as it kind of spread. And we um, had an internal solution that was kind of used to replace more static intranets of links to be a more interactive social network. Mm -hmm. And we had the external community side of the business, which was really focused on supporting and engaging your customers. Right. And it kind of took off. So, I mean, at at its largest, like how many employees were it? At Jive? Uh, I think it got close to 700. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So... Well, uh, can you tell me a little bit about just kind of the the transition to lithium and, you know, sure. how that... Yeah, so out. when Jive got acquired by Aurea, they really wanted to focus on the internal side of the business. Mm-hmm. And lithium and Jive were really the two competitors on the external side mm-hmm. of, of the business. They were probably the two um, leaders that were focused on customer communities at the time. Yeah. And so lithium also got acquired by Vista. And so Vista and Aurea started talking, and the decision was to... Um, look at selling Jivex uh, over to Lithium. So I was still at Jive on the Aurea side at the time, and I was helping do the due diligence for the sale of Jivex to Lithium. Got it. And I got to meet the team there uh, and Rob and, and Vista. Yeah. And, you know, they started telling me that the big vision was to take the best of the two platforms and really create the next evolution of where this space needs to go. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what interests me. I'm a product guy. I love building product. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, seeing that it wasn't going to be maintenance mode, that it was going to take these two platforms and build where it really needs to go, uh, was interesting. And that's when we started talking about opening the Portland office and hiring some of the talent from Jive that knows the space well and try to combine that with the talent from Lithium to create the next big um, thing in the space. So. Yeah. And so, I mean, for folks don't know, Lithium's based in San Francisco, yep. right? And uh, how big is you know, that office down there. Yeah. So lithium's, uh, I think about 500 or so people and they're split. They have an office in Austin, which is actually the largest office. And that came through their acquisition of cloud elements, which is the social media management tool. They have an office in San Francisco and now the Portland office. It's like these three, Austin, (laughs) Portland, San Francisco. You'll see it on a, it's funny because I've spent a decade of my life doing that. Uh, the nerd, the nerd bird, they call it, which is the uh, 6 a.m. flight to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been more recently on the 8 a.m. flight to it's Austin. Austin. <laughs> um, there's only one on Alaska. But, yeah, you see the same folks on that. So. Yeah. So, well, let's get into just kind of, you know, Portland in general. Um, 
more companies are just like lithium decided to keep the office here and yeah. hire former drivers so the talent piece just as someone who's been in the tech community for a while here um give me your thoughts on that give me your thoughts on the talent here how things have changed uh mm-hmm. just what does it mean for yeah. you, know, you personally but also for you hiring people sure yeah and it's been great to see the growth because when i moved up i moved up here from san diego yeah. um and it was a it was a I knew Jive was First, a, a why did cool, you give up that weather? <laughs> well, you know, yeah, that's a, <laughs> yeah. I was actually um, pretty hesitant to come. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to move to Oregon yeah. from San Diego. Right. I love this place. Um, and it only took about a month or two of being here. I fell in love with the city. I think it was such a great, fun city to, to be in. Um, San Diego, weather, natural beauty, of course, is there. But if you go a mile in from the coast, it's like anywhere else in California. Sure, so sure. Um, I do love San Diego. I'd, I'd be happy to go back there at some point. But I just, I, I, my wife and I loved Portland. Um, we didn't want to go anywhere else. But the fear was if Jive doesn't work out, there's n- nowhere else to go, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that picture's changed drastically. Yeah. Um, I don't worry about having to leave the city anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the talent pool is very interconnected. I would say it's a, a strong network of, of tech people here, which which means if you're hiring someone, you should think about their network and the skills yeah. of their network, because a lot of people kind of ebb and flow. And that was one of the keys to opening this office was we knew we had a, a, a kind of strong connected base at Jive, people that were passionate about the space, right. people that had the skills that could, you know, help augment what Lithium was doing yeah. um, and really put that together. And we got this office opened in about three months, and uh, it, we're already up at close to 50 people here. Wow. So, yeah, tell me, talk to me about the spider web of jivers um, out in the community now, mm-hmm. and some of the folks. Yeah. You know, we were chatting before we started recording some of those people, and that's really been kind of a, a foundation of people starting great companies here. And, and, you know, so do you stay in touch? And, um, How's that kind of impacted, do you think, Portland, too? Yeah, they're a pretty connected group. I mean, the foundation was community of of the company. (laughs) And so we have alumni communities. We... Um, are are in touch with each other quite a bit and quite regularly. We do. We were doing meetups every month for oh, years, wow. for many years, uh, yeah. where people would just come. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's been really fun to watch people um, leave and take leadership positions in other organizations and just kind of spread throughout the city mm-hmm. and get experience in different industries. Um, we you know have Jive in a number of those companies, like New Relic was using Jive's internal instance, mm-hmm. um, and we have a lot of Jivers at New Relic. There's a lot at Nike. Um, yeah. Obviously, the leadership of ActOn is yeah. ex-Jive people. And so it's just been fantastic to see um, all of those people you worked with 10 years ago that were, right. you know, in a marketing role now being a CMO, for right. example. Exactly. So, yeah. I love that. And it's um, something unique to Portland because you can you can document the journey because it has been pretty compressed. Yeah. Um, so, well, tell me about, are you guys hiring here? Like, wh- what are you looking for as far as talent-wise? And uh, Yeah, we have a number of open positions. We've got positions in product management and design. We have development positions, so a lot of yeah. R&D focus. Um, we have staffed up uh, customer success managers and, and finance and people that knew the Jive business well. Yeah. Um, so I think most of the remaining positions are in product and R&D and tech ops to, to help support uh, the Jive customers. Part yeah. of our charter is to really um, help make them successful first before we move them over to the lithium platform because we want to earn their trust and make sure they're mm-hmm. successful where they're at mm-hmm. and then ultimately build out the new platform that is uh, the kind of evolution of the two. Yeah, well, let's talk about that because I want to know where this the industry you're in is going yeah. with, uh, you know, obviously AI and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so can you talk about 
you don't have to say specifically what you guys are building, but sure. just your, your, you know, how that's evolving and what you think is going to happen and could be 20 years down the road. Yeah, so. no, definitely. It's, you know, right now, a lot of what we're looking at is how we, how do we put the community and the social media tools together mm-hmm. and build this singular platform across the two. And there's a lot of shared components from the customer identity to the knowledge management that kind of backs all of the collaboration that's happening. Mm-hmm. But it gives us a really nice picture where what social media management gives you is um, any user can use any channel of choice. So right. they can use their phone, they can use messaging, they can use Facebook or Twitter, and your brand is always there listening and monitoring what's being said and, and able to actually respond and help. If you have a question and you post it on Twitter, it goes to the same queue as anywhere else. Yeah. So we give them the ability to use whatever technology is comfortable with them and, and give the brand consistent tools to manage that at scale. Mm-hmm. But then the community offers kind of the peer-to-peer support and deflection and engagement platform that serves as that single branded destination for the company to bring people to, to actually drive deeper engagement than email campaigns and things like that. Right. And so putting those two together, you actually get a lot of nice tie-ins. You get agent escalation from the community. You get deflection when things come into the agent. Mm-hmm. Um, the newest tool we've built was a messaging tool, and that really enables the quick interaction through messaging. And the next piece of that is the chat, ba- chat, chat bots mm-hmm. and natural language processing that goes kind of in front of that to help kind of serve the right content to the users when they need it. Sure. And I know you guys focus on, you know, kind of the global 5,000, yeah. but a lot of these tools and some you know, your competitors probably are creating things for smaller businesses. And do you guys have stuff for companies like that? Or uh, We do. We have a number of customers that are mid-market or small businesses. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's small companies that have a really big brand and nice. they want to appear larger than they are. So they deploy a community as a way to, to actually do that and to scale. And there's a couple companies that run their whole support <laughs> organizations that way. Interesting. It's yeah. like a branding play almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you have to name names. That's... <laughs> Uh, well, well, just getting back to Portland, and a couple of things. Uh, I'd love for you to name some companies that are we should keep an eye out. I don't know how involved you are with like super early stage companies yeah. here. Uh, I think that's always interesting. To yeah. see. Are you involved in like angel investing? Or um, like no, or? I'm not at this time, just through networks and people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think there's a couple interesting ones. You know, we're particularly interested in the marketing and support space. So that's what I follow more closely. So right. Lytics just moved right upstairs and they have yeah. an interesting solution. And Opal, of course, is on the yeah. content collaboration, which, you know, those are things we're looking at because there could be nice partnerships to form across the Portland ecosystem. We have some tools to publish across social channels, but they really are the internal tool to craft all the messages and the, and the tooling. And so um, those are two companies, I think, that we have connections at that we've been talking to. Um, You know, New Relic, I have a lot of connections at. They're they're not really new or emerging, but they're doing very well. Yeah. Um, So. Yeah. Well, cool. And then um, I always like to ask as far as like Portland, you know, let's take the business kind of quick a little (laughs) bit. And just like you moved over from San Diego. You've been here since. Yep. Livability wise, how's that changed for you? I mean, you've really been here in the meat of a lot of change. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I, I grew up in San Jose and then I was in San Diego. So I'm yeah. still, the traffic, you know, is I can see it getting worse, but it's not 
at the levels I've kind of sure. grown up to yeah. in my yeah. life. Yeah. But it, you know, <laughs> it's it, there's the, there's the pros and cons of growth, and I think all of the kind of tech hubs have gone through at San Francisco and Austin mm-hmm. and Seattle. Um, you know, you worry about losing what made Portland special and gentrification. You worry about like the diverse neighborhoods just kind of turning into, you know, a a financial district. So, you know, that you worry about those projected over 10 or or 15 years. I still think the city's very livable. My mom moved up last year. My brother moved up a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah. And so it's great to have family here. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, for me, um, the commute's still reasonable. Downtown's still very enjoyable. There's so many things to do. I'm kind of a sucker for the events and the festivals and all the outdoor yeah. stuff, the summer concerts that go right. on. Yeah. And um, we had kids about four years ago. Okay. And so half of my time was with and half was without. And I think it's um, been even more enjoyable now with the parks and the different activities for kids. And so, yeah, um, yeah we're really happy here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's I love just seeing how it's growing. And I appreciate you taking the time because I always want to know, you know, it's funny, like drives been around, but just the lithium transition and yeah. knowing who's what, who's hiring, what's going on. Sure. So, you know, thanks, Nick, for taking the time to be on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. Creating a whole new customer base while I was learning a different role. And so, yeah. you know, I'm really passionate about product development and having served some of my time doing development, some of my time doing design and now focused on on what we're building and why has been you know, really a rewarding part of my career being able to wear those different hats. Yeah, so. I think that's important to tell people, like, you yeah. know, say a lot of folks, like you said, start out as engineers yeah. and mapping their career path. Um, I'm really interested in hearing how people do it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, <laughs> what kind of advice do you give, you know, people coming out of college? They're, there's into being an engineer, yeah. But uh, you know, other than just getting stuck in that, nothing wrong yeah. with that. But I mean, yeah, what, you, you can almost it. spot it. I think there's, you know, as a developer, I was very much into the why and the how we were doing it and how it was going to work when we were, you know, building the new platform from forums. It was. Uh, you know, are we centering this around people? It was that type of, of approach really led me to think about, and I should probably be doing product design and really focusing on how things should work instead yeah. of, uh, instead of building them. Uh, and then that ultimately led me into whenever I was in product design and we were getting, you know, things we were focusing on, I'd be like, well, why aren't we doing this instead? And right. so it's just that natural curiosity and desire to do the right thing for the product, for the customers just led me out of engineering. But it's also path. hard because you, if you're in a startup, like... I mean, it's just kind of like yeah. your hair's on fire, yeah. right? So well, the beauty of, about a startup is you. We Jive, I think, existed for th- four years without any product management. So, yeah. as an engineer, we just decided <laughs> what we were going to build, right? Uh, and so that's you know the great thing about a startup is you might be in sales engineering, but you're filling gaps of product engineers of documentation of design yeah. because you you have to wear all those those hats, and only as you're successful and you grow yeah. do you get to bring in more specialized resources yeah. for those. So. And your personal growth. So do you do you lead the office here? Um, yeah, I'm not. We we have an office manager, so I'm not really. Um, I we don't really have a site leader, but I'm the most tenured or senior person in, yeah. the, in the office. So. Um, and what do you see, kind of, with your you know working with the lithium folks? Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of opportunity, kind of, as the, the industry grows. And yep. like you said, kind of the, the, the curve of growth of what you guys' product is is yeah. slow at first, but now it's just. 
Yeah, it's hopefully, I mean, this space, I think the market understanding of customer success of communities, there was a lot of fear five years ago, if I build this community, what are people going to say? And like some of that has died down. There's also a lot more successful examples you can point to. Yeah. Um, so that has helped, um, I think, kind of break through the why and and they've gone more to the mainstream buyer and better understanding of it. It's less kind of emerging and risky. Yeah. Um, but it's also the, you know, the, the space is just filled with small players that have a point solution and that can't really stay long term. And so I think part of the, the thesis of, of Vista was that, you know, this space is going to consolidate and it hasn't yet. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to try to find the vendor that had the right enterprise relationships and the right platform where they could. Um, bring in some other pieces of innovation and create a more holistic digital yeah. care solution. Was lithium ever uh, public? No. 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 Yeah. Uh, so, and I think that probably the mapping is now not shooting for that necessarily, yeah. right? No, so, probably not. That's right. generally not Vista's um, thing. Um, and so, yeah, my guess is, you know, the generally over a three to or five to seven year period, they will... Um, you know, help you get healthy, help you focus right. on customer success, help you target the right mm -hmm. deals. They've got a lot of best practices around doing that. Um, but they're also looking for adjacencies that we can expand and move sure. into organically build yeah. and inorganically acquire. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of it's just driving that solution of how do the biggest brands in the world take the best care of their customers? What pieces do they need? Yeah. How do we put them all together? And that type of company seems to do well in Portland. Yeah. You know, we don't, it doesn't yeah. have to be like the, it's a hundred X, right? Yeah. It's like you can serve this, uh, mm -hmm. these, those types of markets. Yeah. And there's also, I think Cvent and Marketo are both Vista yeah. companies that have Portland offices right. and they are also very close tie-ins to us. Cvent focuses on events, yeah. which is close to customer care as well as uh, Marketo and marketing automation. Mm -hmm. So and you guys get together, those teams. And yep. So we're, t we're talking about some of those integrations as well. So, um, was another company here was crouched street like do you know who crowd street is yeah i think i've heard of them so but they're I'm not too familiar with yeah, them. yeah so they're like an, uh, a platform for commercial real estate pure lending yeah so it's kind of disrupting okay. that market yeah and i don't know if they're mm. they had some tie in to see event I yeah thought. ultimately but, my i mean one of my my goals would be i know portland itself has a lot of expertise in um kind of back-end tools and automation yeah. tools and dev tools and um, and you know, those are, are critically important, but when I was, you know, looking after jive, it was kind of a, I want to go somewhere that has customer facing technology that has, you know, innovative designed products that end users, millions of end users could use. And there's not a lot of that here. Yeah. Um, and that's really, you know, I, I do see a good foundation here of companies that focus on the customer that have a lot of empathy, customer mm -hmm. centricity and success mm -hmm. seems to be an emerging theme here in Portland that yeah. I think the talent here could really rally around yeah. so my hope is that we're successful and we can grow this starting with some of the talent from jive mm -hmm. uh, and some of the talent from lithium but really try to make customer uh, success uh, a part of the portland culture well it's funny that title i mean obviously i'm not in <laughs> in in the industry i talked yeah. to a lot of people and that it's like these past couple of years it's like what the hell is this customer success yeah. title is <laughs> everywhere right yes well and, and the worst and, one is customer experience is yeah. the biggest and then customer success is in there but it's important um, yeah it's very it is important. it's you know the the for me the summary of it is a lot of companies especially modern SaaS companies they focus on renewals they look at churn sure and that's all self-serving metrics really those things get taken care of if you focus on making your customers successful. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's customer success software, which 
you know, is for CSMs, which are people that are monitoring customer health and have regular engagements. Um, but customer success as a theme is really about going from a reactive support mode to a more proactive monitoring and engagement of your customers and right. making sure that you're not showing up on, you know, the 11 month in and asking for a renewal <laughs> when they've been unhealthy for 10 months. And can mm -hmm. you, can you actually have a good relationship with your customers that drives loyalty mm -hmm. and, and continual investment and lifetime value? Sure. So cool. Cool.